Hi, welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward. And I'm your other host, Kurt Flagel. In the first episode of our two-part series called The Journey of Integration, Debbie Fries shared what it's like for her to have altars, and she also shared the intentional steps she takes to integrate these altars. On this episode, Debbie, as well as Andy Rock, once again give us an overview of the steps of integration and also talk more deeply about just how vital it is to have other people walk with us so we invite invite you to prayerfully invite God into the listening process right now. So when you were talking about integration, you were talking about this multiple step process. The first one was that you actually had to be willing to look at what happened to one of your altars. And the second thing was that you had to then be willing to say, "Mm, actually, that was me at whatever age that was. And then the third thing that you had to do when it comes to a memory. So when you have a memory, you will do what's called the stall, where you will, for maybe two to three days beforehand, you will have a a stall where it's like, I really don't want to go through this, which is totally understandable. And then we will then uh, pray just real quick for the space. And then you will get to a place where you're willing to do the memory and then you'll close your eyes and then all of a sudden you are transported back to that time that space with all the smells with all of the tastes with all of the feels with all of the sounds and you will go through that and we will watch you go through that and our job isn't to do anything other than just to say you're safe you're at the beach house, you're here with us. And you us. say your names. This is Andy, this is April, you're safe, you're okay, or whoever else is on the team who's, who's there. Through the years that I've been doing this process, the most success I have is doing it with at least one person, sometimes two, sometimes up to five. Just depending on what my situation was and the prayer level I was at at that point. So right now it's Andy and his wife. They will say, you're at our house, you're safe while I'm doing the memory. Because what happens is I go completely like, I mean, it's very physical, but my brain can register that they're saying this isn't happening. You're doing good. Some of my memories would be in real time, which means if I was being hurt for eight hours, my memories were eight hours. Jesus has given grace on a lot of that being able to speed it up, but not always. So I plan out now when I do memory work. Yeah, I schedule it as if I'm having an appointment because some of the memories, my body will hurt for days after I will have marks or I'm just emotionally not capable of being. So I do schedule them out. So I will say, hey, on Friday after dinner, can we do memory work? And then afterwards you then have to deal with the consequences of those memories. So whether it's forgiving or being forgiven or whatever was done to you, being able to remove the spiritual things that were done to you by telling them to leave. And that's an act of prayer work in which the team then prays for you. Uh, But you're involved in that. You're not just like like out, like you're you're involved in that. You're renouncing the lies, you're rejecting those things, you're receiving the truth. 
and then say, okay, I need to go talk with Jesus about or this. Or you or April will say, go to Jesus. So then you will then have a long conversation with Jesus about what that looks like. And it, from our perspective, it just looks like you're resting. And sometimes I will come back up and sometimes somebody totally different will come back up. Sometimes the process with Jesus is days. So if Debbie has some work to do with Jesus, we might not see Debbie for 24 hours, but then we're hanging out with Paige. Or if Paige has work to do, do with Jesus, then... Somebody, Somebody else, else will come up. A lot of it is apologizing to Jesus. Like, I would never want to do that to you. And feeling his just presence and his love and his, like, you know, you ask for forgiveness. I don't really know what you're talking about kind of thing. I think that through this whole process has given me tremendous amount of compassion for people. I don't judge people. You could tell me whatever, and I'm like, you don't even know. Like, that's nothing to me. Like, I just don't judge people, and I have a profound sense of grace. And I think yeah. a lot of Christians have never truly experienced God's grace. Yeah. And they think God's keeping a tally sheet of everything they've ever done wrong. Oh, I believe that one. We, we had to work on that. But for me, I'm like, I have looked in, at Jesus and said, forgive me for this. And I have seen his face just soften and be like, of course already done and so it's easier for me to say i did that you know i think now it's so strange because people go i had no idea you had a past you just seem like a sweet church lady and i'm like yes because for forever in churches they're like oh she's the witch and she's this and i'm like that's not even accurate you know and they would say oh no she was in a mental hospital or she was this or she was that or she's crazy or she thinks she has personalities and i'm like nobody would want that which is Another reason why I find it really strange that it's a fad. I can attest that it is a fad uh, among certain, the younger generation, because I have people in my family who are connected into those groups where it is a fad, and people mm-hmm. love to think they, some may have it, but there's a lot of other people who like to think they have issues mm-hmm. like this, which is wild. Yeah, and and I have met other people that legit do have personalities and, and have been able to help them a great deal, but now it's it's viral on TikTok, you know? I mean, I could go on Jeopardy right now and probably win hands down with all the useless knowledge in my brain that all of my personalities know. That's it, that was a game show, what's the name of that song, or what's that song, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, name, name that, that tune. tune. Name that tune, you would... He goes, you should go on that. And I'm like, no. (laughs) But I have all this useless knowledge, but I'm like, it's not easy to have people one day be in your life and then go, I think you're crazy and you're dumb. And so for years, I didn't tell anybody. I really isolated for a long time and barely left my house or anything. And, And I don't know, in the last year, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of being alone all the time. And I'm tired of like not. So you had your kids and you had your kids' activities and then all of a sudden your kids were grown and and they had their own lives and then it was like, what? And then it was like, I don't have friends anymore because they couldn't leave me and now they did. Uh, Not really, but I mean, I'm very close with all my kids, but so it was just a really weird thing and in the last like year and a half, I've just been like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore and if Jesus is okay with me and people don't want to be in my life, then they're not supposed to be there. When you risked sharing your story with me, and you saw profound healing in my life, then we began to dream about what that would look like if we could do that with other people. And you had this passion to really help people. Be like, if I could just pray with them. And then you started doing that where you lived in Fresno, 
but then got all sorts of resistance from the church that you grew up with. Okay, you can meet late at night in a room and no one's going to know about it. And you can't tell anybody. And and I was like, you asked me to come pray for somebody and you want me to come at night and go into the trailer module behind and only if there's no meetings going on. And I'm like, that's, I don't sign up for that. This is not scary. There's so much shame and... And Christians have a really hard time with spiritual warfare, I guess is the only way I can say it. And I'm like... It's biblical. I, I don't like the pick and choose what we, we believe in the Bible. So it's just kind of dumbfounding for me. But I will say having people that support me with the uh, memory process is huge. Because when I try to do it by myself, I'll get to a certain point in a memory and I'm like, this is too much. I can't do this. Or I'll start going, I don't know where I am. Am I, have I eaten? Am I... Outside, there's It's just so disorienting. Yes. yes. And if I don't finish a memory, I have to do the whole thing over again. And and I do have certain memories that I've done thousands of times that I just can't get through. And yeah. then there's some that I get a little bit farther and then I'm like, I can't. I just can't do this. And I beat myself up for a little bit. But the thing with having the younger alters now having like parents and getting to go to Disneyland and Disneyland, nobody pays attention if you act like a kid. It's the safest place in the world for somebody. Or if you that, have Disney attire on. They don't, that's, everybody does. Yeah. So it's just, that's safe. And that has helped a great deal because have the, having the, the younger alters feel safe and secure and like they're being protected has given me, through osmosis, that feeling that I'm not alone and I'm safe. So actually having people involved has been really big. Well, and then also as you do those memories and were there... Here's Andy and April or anybody else on the prayer team. You know, you have this memory of you being six years old. And then here here I am. (laughs) So I've known Andy for almost 16 years. Yeah. But now when I integrate younger alters that were three, four, five, now I've known Andy since I was three, four, five. Mm. And and I'm not saying that like it's not like a a made-up thing or a repressed thing, but it's like, oh, I have these horrible memories when I was three, but now I also have these good memories of when I was three that counterbalance it. And something weird happened the other night is I had a memory. I remembered something that actually I was involved in when I was a kid. It wasn't like trauma or anything. And I was like, I just, I remember something from my own childhood. You went to Pismo Beach when you were eight and that, yeah. you, you, there was a thing and you remembered that, but it wasn't traumatic. It wasn't Yeah, awful. and it wasn't a, attached to a personality or anything. I will say that a lot of times it, I'm much better now, but when I first started integrating the thing that was hard is I was so fractured that I didn't have emotions really. So it seemed like certain emotions were attached to certain personalities. So when I would integrate, all of a sudden I was like I have anger, and I don't know if that's appropriate in this situation. So I would always have to ask my husband or my, you know, my friend. And then later on, Annie and April, I'd be like, "Is this an appropriate thing to be angry about? Because I have anger, and I'm not sure how to use it, or I wouldn't know how to be happy. Like I couldn't have joy. Paige has all the joy, so she's like a bundle of fun. Everybody wants to be around Paige, but." For me to get any of that has been like a process. And then learning how to have happiness or joy or how to have confidence or even to be angry. I got pieces. I fractured off all my emotions. So any emotion that I had was not a complete emotion, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
So that was another thing. And that kept me from a lot of relationships for a lot of years because I was like, I feel crazy. I'm not sure if the sadness is appropriate for what you're saying or not. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to ever be up. And this actually, Andy said last night, this is the longest you've been up in a year and a half this week. The advantage of having personalities is when it's super stressful, you can say your turn. <laughs> Or when you're super it's tired, kind of cheating. or when you're in pain, you can say. And and really, the function of those personalities were to hold those moments of stress or pain. Mm-hmm. And so then, for you, Debbie, to be able to say, "No, I'm going to go through that, and I'm strong enough." Then all of a sudden, on the back end of it, you go, "Well, wait, I can do that." I mean, I've had the exact same experience where you say, "Andy, let's pray through that." So you don't have to hold on to that and be like, "Well, that's terrifying. I can't." face my worthlessness or face the fact that I believe that I'm toxic. And then as I get through that on the other side, I go, oh, I'm stronger. (laughs) And I'll admit now, the first two prayer retreats I did, Paige did them. She just talked like me because I'm like, I know these people are going (laughs) to crucify me. I am not doing that. And Andy begged and begged and Paige was like, I'll do it. And then I would do a little bit of the next one. And then like the last few, four, I've done the whole thing. And then because of conflicts, we had to change the date. And I was like, why are we doing a prayer retreat during Easter season? Like, I don't sleep for six weeks. It's awful. It's horrible. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And I was like, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do? Let's do it. Okay, you got this. And I was like, I can't believe I did that. And we left and everybody was like, I'm so tired. And I'm like, I'm good. Let's go. (laughs) Went to church the next day. Today, however, when the alarm went off, I was like, why is my alarm going off? And I'm like, oh, I have work. I was like, whoa. (laughs) But it turned out good. I'm getting stronger. I'm staying up more. I'm trusting yeah. that people aren't going to run away from me. And and that's a hard thing because still 30 years later, I still have people from the occult that follow me, that harass me, text me, call me every day. Every day. Their life, everything they do is dedicated to harassing me. <laughs> Can somebody make me a priority? Like, can somebody on the other side? And so that's what I found now at Coastal. And I'm getting friends. And even I I shared something at the women's thing. And one of the ladies today goes, she goes, I didn't know you had like a bad past. And I barely said anything. I just really told the story about why I was called Razzle Dazzle. And they were like, I'm so sorry you had a hard life. And I'm like, you have no idea. (laughs) But they were like, you don't come across as somebody like that. I don't want to be seen as a martyr. I, I don't share a lot of the trauma because I don't want to give the devil any kudos. I only want to share my story if it brings apart that, that there's hope beyond our brokenness. Always. That you can be restored. Every time I start doing something that I'm like really proud of and then if they can't get to me, then it's something physical. The way that it works is if I'm up, I feel the most physical pain. So I will do it as long as I can and then I'll be like, I'm in too much pain, I gotta get somebody else. And, and it takes them like, quite a bit longer to like feel the pain and, they, and they'll stay up till they start feeling the pain and then somebody else will come up. And, We're and not that's talking kinda, about small amounts of pain either. We're talking I have about, a super high pain tolerance. It's not just that you, you do have a super high pain tolerance, but on top of that, you're willing to go through pain and not let it change who you are. We know when you're in a lot of pain, but you're you, you're not like on the couch going, oh, I'm in so much pain. You're working, you're cleaning, you're cooking, you're taking care of your family, you're being a wife. I'm going to hurt whether I'm sitting or whether I'm doing something. And I, I'm not going to give in and say, okay, the devil won. He wanted me to be in bed for three days because my kidney's not working. And I'm like, no, 
my kidney's not going to work if I'm in bed or if I'm working or if I'm doing a prayer retreat or whatever. So I just choose to not do that. That's one of the big things that I won't play the victim card. Martyr and entitlement are two things are that you two refuse. things I just refuse. Martyr is actually a spiritual entity that mm. just affects a ton of people. Mm -hmm. and, and some people really like it. They really like to live in that, uh, I'm a victim, this happened to me once. and Therefore, I'm entitled to I'm this much rest, I get this many treats, I get to do this, I get to not yeah. do this, because I went through a hard time. And I don't do that. I just am like, those are the two things that I've seen wreck people. Wreck Well, they people. wrecked me for a long time, and you helped me in that. As you're talking, especially about reliving the memories, the pain, doing the memory work, all I keep thinking of is Jesus' words to us to take up your cross and follow me. I just had a conversation this week about this and how often when he says that, we focus on the cross. We just turn our focus right there to the, the hard thing when right behind that, which is interesting, right? We're going into Resurrection Sunday. Mm -hmm. Right behind that, any time we take up our cross, there's resurrection on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And we focus so much. I focus so much on the taking up the cross and fighting about that rather than looking beyond that. It's funny because on Good Friday at Coastal, they usually have a cross out and people hammer nails into it. And this year we decided that we're getting flowers and we're focusing on the other side of that. <laughs> and then we're after everybody leaves, they're going to just lay them there. We're going to hot glue them and then put it up for Sunday and focus on that aspect. Not mm. to like diminish what happened on Good Friday, right. but to focus on Easter Sunday. What's on the other right? side. So of instead of focusing and being like, oh, lamenting and everything, but actually the hope that Good Friday should be bringing to all of us, you know. It's not death and torture and oh, so awful and black and heavy, but there's life on the other side of that. And if we didn't have that cross, we would not have resurrection on the other side. Your story absolutely is that. You are reflecting Jesus. He scorned the shame of the cross. He scorned it. He mocked the shame of the cross. We're ashamed of it, right? Of being totally mm -hmm. naked, exposed, vulnerable. But he, for the joy set before him, he, he scorned the shame of it. He shamed the shame of it and went through it. And your story of where the power is, is that you're willing to go through this. And as you're talking, you're talking about going through those things. And what comes out the other side is this yeah. healing. I'm working at a church. I have keys to a church. I was so confident in what I was doing this weekend. Just seeing people like transformed and, and all these things. Mm -hmm. And I, I quit listening to the people that said, don't use your gifts because they're scary and they scare people away. And I'm like, I'm good at this. And I know that I can help people. And I'm, I'm so happy about that part. And, and people aren't running, screaming. Now the people that have gone to the prayer retreat are like every Sunday, whoa, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, and they're not running and they don't think about that I can see their stuff they don't you know their and lives some are dramatically changed and they will text me and they you know and, and and when they are struggling they'll say okay I'm thinking this and this and this can you help me and I'll say absolutely and really my job isn't to say oh you have power and control but to have you talk enough and say what are you trying to do there and until they say well I'm trying to control everything and I go do you want to keep controlling everything and so it's not like I'm pointing out you have this and this and this and this I mean I do with Andy cuz he's given me permission but to get people to say the word and then I can say do you want to feel abandoned for the rest of your life or are you willing to not right 
they are now aware they figured it out, you know, and I've already written it down on a paper, but you know, (laughs) to get them to say it is everything. And then it breaks the power. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to tell people the devil can't read your thoughts. Jesus can. So it's really important to say things out loud, right? If you're dealing with the demonic. If you're dealing with Jesus, you can be in your head all day long. Sometimes it's great to talk to him out loud, you know, whatever. But the devil can't read your mind. So hold every thought captive. But when you're done with him, be like, no devil, I don't want fear. Take it off, send it to Jesus, you know. And that's a big part. So I will just say my integration process is partially getting people saved, partially getting rid of the spiritual stuff stuck to it, and then getting the healing from Jesus at the end. A big part is the the trust in the community that I have built around that. So I would say without those things, I would not be able to still continue on this process. Is that fair? Can I add one thing to that? You can. Well, 1.5 things. And I just learned this this weekend. You do something that I am just learning how to do in my life right now, which is that you let Jesus bear the weight of that with you while you're going through it. So it's not like you're alone in it. No. He's with you in all of it. And that time with Jesus in, in that memory work is him showing you where he was. But also, yes. e- even while you're going through it, you're you're with him in it. So that that's the half of the thing. And I would say the other thing that I've witnessed you do, especially in working at a church and, and getting keys and doing all the things and running women's ministries, is that you are taking back what was stolen from you. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that change in our prayer retreats, is that you've been encouraging me and other people to say, okay, now say this, I take back my joy, I take back my hope, I take back my a choice. Peace. We all have free will. You, I can pray for you all day long, I can tell you all your problems, Right. but if you still want to be sorrowful, it's a choice. But if you say, I, I take back my joy, I hand over my sorrow, I want joy, battle's been done, right? Because yeah. you are declaring what you want. And so and you're choosing to take back It's a your choice. Per- I always say that. It's a choice. That's yeah. why, you know... My son will, every time he leaves the room, he'll say, make good choices. Because it's it's a choice. You have to make a choice. The choice to take back your life and your purpose and your joy and your hope, no matter the pain, what you're going through. Or the years. Or the decades (laughs) of feeling like you couldn't. Now you're choosing to do that? Well, I've never stopped for one day not seeking complete freedom. And and I may not get it till I get to heaven. And I'm okay with that. But I'm never going to wake up one day and go, I think I'm good. We're just going to call it good here. I'm going to seek that out every single day until I'm completely free and completely whole this side or the other side of heaven, you know. There's a lot of people who are stuck or at least feel stuck. Mm -hmm. Would you mind just as we close this out, would you mind praying for those people to make good choices? Sure. Sure, Jesus. Thank you for this time. Thank you for Kurt and for Kim and, and Andy and this opportunity that you've given to me to share with uh, people what you're doing in my life and others' lives. And Jesus, I pray for the people that are listening or that know people that are stuck or that are choosing to be stuck or comfortable where they are and like the ick because it's familiar. I, I pray that you open their eyes and you give them clarity to see where they're stuck and why they're stuck and why they're choosing to stay stuck and pull them up a little bit and let them do the work to get out make yourself known and let them feel safe and seen and heard yeah jesus we love you and we thank you man for everything dying and coming back to life for us and covering us you're awesome love you jesus amen Mm. amen Amen. that was awesome thank you so much (laughs) 
for being on this with us, for coming and being a part of this. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me bring a bodyguard. I always feel honored to be, anytime you get to share your story, it just feels like an honor to be here and listen to more and more of what you've gone through and then, then also your courage in it. It's just beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to Debbie's story as she has shared her journey of integration. We pray that it helps you on your journey of following Jesus into shalom, completeness, wholeness, peace, and integration. Also, if you would like to get in contact with us, share prayer requests, ask questions, we have a Life Hurts God Heals channel on YouTube. We also have a Life Hurts God Heals page on Facebook. So search us out and connect with us in those two places. And finally, before we go, please remember, from God's perspective, you are his beloved. So choose to be loved.